One of the things that keeps me excited in spite of what happens in our world all around me is the fact that we serve a God who is God above all, who is sovereign above all, who is God of all eternity. He is God of history. And regardless of what happens, what decisions are made by the Supreme Court or any other decisions made, that our God is not taken by surprise. He's not suddenly surprised by us for whatever we're doing. Our God is in control. And this morning, I want to tell you this morning, I'm excited. I'm excited because I know that God is still in control. If you are feeling a little down, a little kind of in this funk of a place, I want to encourage you that all is not lost, that our God is in control. And there have been times when I've doubted that in my own walk. I've started looking around and seeing all the craziness going on in the world. And I started to feel like, probably like the disciples felt after Jesus was crucified. They were kind of walking around, kind of feeling like, well, I guess that's the end of that. And the reality is that we know the rest of the story because we, we know that our God got up from that grave. And that because he was resurrected, We, too, can lead lives that are resurrected lives. And so this morning, as we talk about this other best practice, we've been in this series of of best practices. And and, and I want to look at this because this is is one of the ones that it'll it'll get by you. We talked about it. I I like the way Hannah did it this morning with the kids. We we often forget this little thing like, oh, kindness. Everybody knows what kindness is about. But the reality is that it's the often thing, the small things that are often overlooked and we forget. The reality is that kindness is one of the ways that people will know that we are Christians. Kindness is, is, is that part of the equation that says that we, we are God's people. And so this morning, as we talk about kindness, I, I want to I un- unpack that a little bit because I, I, I think that the, the danger here is to kind of brush it off or blow it off like, well, I, I, I do good things for people sometimes. And I want to tell you right now, it's not about doing good things for people sometimes. It may involve some random acts of kindness and all of that. But I want to go a little bit deeper. I want to to suggest to you that it's something deep down inside of us. In fact, it was so important to the Apostle Paul that when he penned that famous letter that you and I often hear at weddings, the the chapter 13 of of, of 1 Corinthians, that, that piece when he tries to define love, he says, now love is patient. And love is kind. Before it was almost so he, he said, love is patient. And then before he put the pen down, he's and kind. Which tells me that before you can really get into the understanding what this, this, this kindness best practice is about, you have to first understand that it comes out of a spirit of, of love. If we do not love, genuinely love people, it will be extremely difficult to be kind to people. Pray with me. Father, this morning we thank you for such a privilege as we have before us. And we pray now that you would have your way, that you would let the words of this preacher's mouth and the meditations of my heart be acceptable to you. O oh God, 
You are my redeemer. You are our redeemer. You already know. We give this over to you now in Jesus' precious name. Amen. The opposite of kindness is cruelty or spitefulness or just being mean or holding grudges. All of us know people like that that are just mean people, mean-spirited people. This includes seeking to harm someone. Being cruel or being rude or just plain ignoring people you don't like. We are good about that. I know in my own journey, I, 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 when I was doing this message, and one of, one of the things about doing a message like this is God kind of uses you as a test case, and he started kind of dealing with my own heart in this whole thing of kindness. And I had to ask myself, Ali, where, where are you truly kind, or where are you not truly demonstrating the kindness that you're going to preach about? And it was very convicting for me because I realized that there are some people that I pick and choose. There are some people that I'm, I'm okay with. It's kind of like, yeah, uh, and then there are some people, hey, yeah, yeah, yeah. And God is looking for us to be consistent in our spirits because it's all about relationship. Kindness is the medium through which Christ's love becomes a tangible peace through us. It is practicing benevolence and a loving attitude towards others. It is the essence of what the world sees when they understand or or attempt to understand what is a Christian about. Someone said that we, as people that are kind as Christians, we're like the fragrance from a flower. If you are a kind person, a spirit-filled, Christ-filled person who demonstrates kindness, you're like a fragrance to others around you. The challenge for a lot of us sometimes is we've allowed the world to kind of move its agenda in on us and cruelty becomes kind of the way that we think or, or meanness or crassness or, or coldness becomes kind of our, our, our M.O. And the world plays off of that, you know, who can be the meanest? I remember that, that TV series once about uh, the weakest link. And I, that lady was so mean. You are the weakest link. And, and, but, but some kind of way, we were drawn to that because we, we enjoyed watching and hearing her be mean to people. The same thing with Donald Trump's show, that whole thing. We, we want the, the meanness piece. We, 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 we love that. We may not do it ourselves, but we're drawn to people that can be cold sometimes. And on the contrary, God is calling us to be people that are kind people, that are loving people, people that reflect his character. In our passage today in Colossians chapter 3, verses 12 through 14, simply reads, it's up on the... the, uh, PowerPoint. Put on then as God's chosen ones. Hear that. Put on then as God's chosen ones. That is those people, you know, some are called and some are chosen. we're, We're chosen. Holy and beloved 
compassionate hearts, kindness, humility, meekness, and patience, bearing with one another, and if one has complaint against another, forgiving each other as the Lord has forgiven you. So you also must forgive. And above all these, put on love, which binds everything together in perfect unity. One of the key pieces to this, this, this kindness thing, I'm just going to zero in on that, that, that attribute, kindness. One of the key pieces for that is it's something that you have to be intentional about. If you're not willing to be intentional, and why do you say that, Pastor? Because it's not natural for us to just be kind. It's natural for us to be selfish and want our own agenda and do our own thing and and, and blow off people that we think don't matter and, and cater to people that we think matter. That's the natural man or the natural woman. And so in order to counteract that, even as a Christian that has the spirit of God indwelling in me to counteract that, I've got to be intentional about being kind. Now, some people might say, well, I'm just, I'm, I was born that way. I'm a kind person. That's great. I'm not. Our natural tendency is to be what? Self-centered and, 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 and given to our own. It's got to be our way or the highway kind of attitude. Let me give you a little background quickly on, on where Paul is going with this. So in, in, in Colossians, it's interesting because, you know, Colossae is a church that was, uh, I believe Paul founded that church or one of his other helpers founded that church. And it's actually in modern day southwestern Turkey right now. That, that's, that's the location. But he's speaking to saints. And you know that because at the very beginning of the chapter, he says, Paul talking to the uh, apostle of Jesus Christ and then you know, and, and, uh, of God and Timothy, our brother, to the saints and the faithful brothers. So we know that Paul is addressing Christians. He's talking to people that, that presumably know God. And then he goes into this discussion about there's something about this mystery that has been revealed. Paul is in prison right now, and so he's speaking in the occasion, in the context of this occasion, he's speaking to the church there at Colossae because they've gotten in themselves in a situation where there's some sort of teaching that's coming in, and you know the story, where there's people that are claiming to be Christians, but they're deceiving. There's this kind of deception thing or manipulation thing going on. But so Paul is taking this as an occasion to remind them who they are. And I see that as something that we as Christians, we have to have those reminders who, who we are at times because if you just go to church every Sunday, keep going and you keep checking off the box and doing all the stuff you do in serving, that's not a bad thing. But sometimes you forget who you are. Why? Because the world is pressing its, its identity claws on you constantly. And unless you and I push back, we will kind of buy into the world's thinking. So Paul talks about this mystery that was revealed, and he says, oh, the mystery that now, now that the, the Gentiles have been included now in this plan, it's not just the Jews, it's Jews and Gentiles, the mystery is revealed. And what is that mystery? He says, it's Christ in you, the hope of glory. In other words, this was something that was never revealed before, and now it is Christ in us. And so this is a very profound thing because now that's going to have some very serious ramifications because if this Christ, this risen Christ, resides in us now, now that means that we've got to, we've got to deal with, with that really, how to handle that. 
Verse chapter 2, verse 6, he says, As you receive Christ Jesus, Lord, Christ, as you receive Christ Jesus, the Lord, walk in him. And so the rest of this book now is going to be basically the Apostle Paul saying, Do what you have been called to do because of who you are. You're chosen people. You're people whom Christ resides. He's in you. His spirit is in you. Walk in that way. Carry yourself in that way. And one of the ways that you and I can carry ourselves in that way is to be kind people. Be people that demonstrate kindness because we are reflecting Christ Jesus. And then chapter 2, he mentions this all throughout chapter 2, and this is the piece that's very significant. In him, those two words appear over and over again. In him, in him, with him, in him, in him. What is he saying? He's saying, because of our new status now, we are no longer like we used to be. We are in Christ now. And now, because we are in Christ, in him, that means that there's something different should be happening with us. The old woman, the old man, that old behavior, he uses the metaphor, the old, the new, there's something different now in town. We are different people now. We have been reoriented. Watch this. We have been reoriented. We're not the old person anymore, the old nature, the old person, the way we operated before we knew Christ. We've been reoriented and renewed with a new character attire. That is, we're clothed in a different way now. We have put on Christ. And because we have put on Christ, we respond to the world in a different way. We have put on Christ. We were so blessed the other week to go, go to John and Kate's wedding. It's so beautiful to be there and worship with them as they entered into their vows. And I don't, I don't like to dress up much anymore. You know, you ever get the feeling you just, just want to just show up you know what I mean? You just want to, sh- I, I, I get that way sometimes. I just want to put my flip-flops on and my shorts on and just, it's, it's not, I don't want to be in this, uh, you're sitting there with a tie. And, and I was thinking about that. I said, you know, it would have been so not appropriate to be in flip-flops and short pants and a tank top at the wedding. <laughs> How absurd that would have, nobody probably would have said anything because I, I have a church family that's very nice. Very gracious. They would have probably said, Pastor Ali, hmm, interesting. But nobody would have, I guarantee you, I guarantee you, I guarantee you, nobody would have said anything to me. There might have been one or two people that kind of made a little joke or something. Ah, their pants weren't ready or something, whatever. But, but nobody would say it. But it would not have been the appropriate attire to wear given the occasion. Likewise, given that where God has called us as the people of God, he has clothed us a certain way. And he's simply saying, let us carry ourselves. Let's let's wear the attire that's appropriate for the calling, that we are people that are called to represent him. And if we're people that are called to represent him, let's represent him, not just in church on Sunday morning. Let's represent him in all of our relationships. And you can do that best by demonstrating kindness. One of the ways. And so we've been reoriented, renewed with a new character attire. We put off, 
we put on, which allows us to put up. How about that? You put off the old nature, you put on the new nature, and now you can put up with a lot of stuff out there. And that means you're being kind. Paul makes a comment in Galatians 3.27. He says, all who were baptized in Christ have clothed themselves with Christ. Romans 8, chapters, Romans 8, verses 9 through 11. If, in fact, the Spirit of God dwells in you, if Christ is in you, if the Spirit that raised Jesus from the dead dwells in you, what am I getting at? That God's Spirit dwells in us. This is our new attire. And then Romans chapter 13, verse 14 Put on the Lord Jesus Christ. What am I getting at? The language there is that we're to put on something. Put on something. Put on something. It, it, it's interesting because uh, there was a psychology report done. It says some 37 cultures of the world around that 16,000 subjects. What's the most important trait you wish to have in a mate? Regardless of gender, the first trait was kindness and then intelligence. Can you believe that? Kindness. Why kindness? Because if a person is kind, it, it oozes out of them. It reflects in everything in the relational peace. You could be a guy six foot six with a six pack. And you could be, uh, she could be just the perfect person in terms of beauty. She could be a model. She could be everything and all of that, super intelligent. But the bottom line, if they're unkind, kick them to the curb. That's just my little, because you can't change them. This is just a little sidebar. You can't change them. And let me say that again, because sometimes uh, uh, potential people looking to get married or something, well, I, I can deal with this. I, uh, okay, okay. Well, this I'm going to have to work on. This I have to work Okay, but I can change him on those two things. No, you cannot. Forget it. If Christ is not changing that person, you cannot change that person. The only thing you can do is you can live out the right attire. You can live out being a Christian in front of them. That's all you can do. You cannot change that person. Somebody say hallelujah. The main point I'm trying to make, and the main point I'm going to make over and over again, if you, if you get, don't get anything else out of the message today, get this piece. Kindness is not simply doing good things, but are, in, but are acts of grace given freely from a heartfelt disposition of God's love. Kindness is not simply doing good things, but acts of grace. And I say that, acts of grace given freely. It's not something coerced or something forced. It's given freely, freely from a heart that has a disposition of God's love, a heartfelt disposition of God's love. That's what kindness is about. It comes out of us because of God's love in us. We love because he first loved us. We are kind because he was kind to us. While we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. He was kind to us. It is the act of divine kindness that allowed you and I to be able to sit here today. His kindness, not our goodness, but his kindness operating in us. Some challenging questions that we have to think about. What does it look like in my daily life? Ask yourself this this morning as we're going through this. I'm not going to answer this for you. I want you to deal with this because this is what I had to deal with. And my answers were not nice. So I've got some work to do on my stuff. So this is for you. What does kindness look like in my daily life? 
How can I develop a genuine attitude of kindness? I'm not talking about the phony stuff where you put on a plastic smile and, and then you walk around with a prune face all the time. I'm talking about where it's genuine. What hinders the expression of kindness in my life? What is the thing that gets in the way that, 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 that I just can't seem to be a kind person? It just, are you mad at everybody? I, I don't think so. Is there something else that's going on? I don't know. You have to answer that for yourself. How do I express kindness in times of stress and uncertainty? Don't tell anybody, but that's mine. That, that's where I got beat up. I can be kind many times as long as things are going great and wonderful, Hannah. I can be really kind. Put a little stress in my life. If I were a person sick like you, look, let me tell you. Don't, don't bother me. Don't talk to me. Leave me alone. You're not moving fast enough. I ask you to get that. I, I, you, just, you, just, you, just, you know where I'm getting at. I know I'm not alone. But kindness is something that God wants us, especially in those times when we're stressed. Because why? Because it is his peace that we should be pulling on. The peace of God that should come into our hearts and say, oh, okay. We talk about put on. I use, I use this word, I said attire. The word put on that Paul is using here, put on this kindness, is actually the same word that means just simply clothed like a garment. So it's a word uh, for whoever cares about this, enduno. It just simply means to put on, put on a garment. So in the Greek it means put on. So Paul is saying, literally, you put this on. You put it on. And I would say that you and I, what that means for you and I is that we have Christ in us already, but now there's this sense that, okay, I have to be intentional. Remember I said that earlier. I have to be intentional about demonstrating kindness because it won't be a natural thing. Loving kindness. Hesed is the Greek word. God's loving kindness. It's what should pervade us. It is grace which pervades the whole nature, mellowing all which would be harsh and austere. The word is descriptive of one's disposition and does not necessarily entail acts of goodness. Now, it can be some acts of goodness, but it is a disposition that pushes back against the tendency of our flesh to be harsh, to be short with people. Mother Teresa, one of my favorite people, and I love this, that no one, no one ever come to you without leaving better and happier. Suppose that were your thing that you said, I'm going to make it my thing that every time somebody comes to me, it is my goal to make sure that they leave me better or happier in some way, shape, or form. Be the living expression of God's kindness. That's what we should be. God is kind to us. It should manifest itself. It should ooze out of us as we and, 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 and contact other folks. Kindness in your face, kindness in your eyes, kindness in your smile. You know, some of us have forgotten how to smile. A simple thing like a smile. Don't tell anybody, but that's, that's another one of mine. And I had a friend one time tell me, Ali, you need to just lighten it up. You're, you're just too serious. You got this pruned face all the time. 
Thank you a lot. Thanks a lot, partner. You're my friend. Yeah, I'm just telling you that because you, you, you need to just, just smile sometimes. So I have to, I'm one of those people, I'm one of those people I have to, I have to tell myself to smile at people sometimes because I'm, I'm walking, I, I know it's bad, but I'm walking sometimes, I'm dealing with stuff and I'm thinking about stuff, that's just, I'm trying to work stuff out of my head and I'm looking at, oh gosh, this world is in, as though I could fix the world's problems, but I'm thinking about stuff like that. And so a lot of times, I, I mean, and I don't, this sounds like I'm justifying it. No, I'm not. I'm saying that this is an area that I need to work on because God's got this. I don't have to try to figure everything out. God's got it. But in the meantime, in relational things, I need to do what? Smile. And I have to, I have to, I have to actually kind of, I have to practice sometimes. I have to like, yeah, yeah. If you look at any pictures of me, you'll see the same smile. I got it down. It's not natural. Come on. I'm, I'm just being honest. It's not natural. It, it, some of you, you, you don't have a natural kind of like inviting kind of disposition, and you need to work on it. I remember I was in school years ago, too long ago, and uh, it was a, some class, I don't know, sociology or psychology, I don't know, and, and some guy in the class had this mean mo face, and I thought the guy was mad at everybody in the room, right? And so it just, I just made up my own story. Well, it turned out we were doing this, this time where everybody was sharing stuff about we had some assignment. And, and I don't remember what the assignment was, but I remember that the, the guy made this statement. I'll never forget it. He said, he said I bet you bo- all of you sitting around in this class probably think I'm a mean person because, because I don't smile. He said, well, actually, I, I'm not a mean person. This is just the way I look. My grandfather looks this way. His father looks this way. And, and I was going, boy, you could have, t- I, I would have never figured that one out, buddy. It a, but, but it was that kind of thing. So some of us need to really kind of like practice, regardless of whose grandfather, we need to kind of like, okay, bring it on. Mark Twain, kindness is the language which the deaf can hear and the blind can see. The language that the deaf can hear and the blind can see. Let me wrap it up with this. What do we do with the practice? If you look at chapter 6 of Luke, and that's, that's Luke's version of, uh, Luke's version of the, uh, the attitudes. This is, this, is, this is the piece that will get you. How do we practice this? How do we do the best practice of kindness? We don't have to create something new. All we need to do is just look in the word of God. And the word of God simply says, Jesus saying this, but I say to you who hear, love your enemies. So I say it, oh, love unlovable people. You want to start doing something with this best practice of kindness? Start loving unlovable people. You know the unlovable people in your lives. Start loving them. Bless those who curse you. People that don't have it at their best out for you, people that are working against you, bless them. When the last time you blessed somebody at your job that you, you knew, which was kind of like, man, they're the worst. They're working against me. They're backstabbing. Bless them. And watch how God brings about that kindness in your life. Resist retaliation. 
oh, why do we want to do that? Because the tendency is for us, when somebody does something to us, is to retaliate. Oh, I'll show them. I'll show, I'll, show, I'll show them for sure. How's your driving down the freeway when somebody cuts you off? Pull up and decide to go around you on the right and cut you off because you were moving too slow. Do you bless them? With the right words? <laughs> Resist obsessive ownership. Be willing to let some things go. This is the sacrificial part of this whole idea of, of being kind. Let it go. Let some things go. Be willing to give it up. Jesus said, if they hit you on this side, give them this side. These are practical things that can apply in the 21st century. This is not just ancient world stuff. But we don't do it because, oh, that's a, oh, nobody does that. Yeah, we do because we are indwelt by Christ in us, the hope of glory. Let mercy prevail, verse 36. I like that one. Why? But love your enemies, do good to those expecting nothing in return, and your reward will be great. You will be sons of the Most High, for he is kind to the ungrateful and the evil. Be merciful, even as your Father is merciful. God is merciful. Be merciful. And then the last one I said earlier, put off, put on, and put up. How can you start today? I challenge you, all of you. This is a challenge I gave myself. Starting today to practice what it means to be children of God, what it means to be people who are indwelt by the Spirit of God, who understand that kindness is not simply doing good things, but acts of grace given freely from a heartfelt disposition of God's love. How do we start today? Maybe having a different response to those people that would cut you off on the road. Maybe on your job, somebody that you avoid, you just don't talk to. Maybe in your own household. I don't know. Little random acts of kindness where, where you don't, you don't, you're not doing it because somebody's going to say, hey, Ollie, good job, where you're just doing it and maybe they'll never know but they will receive the blessing. Kindness and do know. Being clothed in the right attire is key if you're going to be a child of God and demonstrate what it means to live out this Christian walk where people will look at you and say, wow, wow. Oh, she is she is just awesome. I like the story that Hannah gave about somebody being able to be there and, and, and help her in a time when she needed help. Never fussing or just, just kind of being there, just superintending, helping out. I watched Karen do that some years ago with a close friend of hers who was very ill. And when she was describing to me some of the things that she had to do for this friend, I, I walked away kind of a little bit kind of embarrassed because I was thinking to myself, I don't know if I could do that. 
because this friend, she had to actually bathe. This person couldn't even bathe themselves. She had to prepare food, help clean the house. Kindness. Let's pray. Father, indeed, you're so good to us. We thank you that your very nature is God. You are the God who is kind, who is wonderful, who is way beyond we could ever imagine. And we thank you for this privilege that we have again to represent you. In Jesus' name, amen.